I'm your host, the Titan of Talk, T.H. Latrell, and with me today is Mr. Bernard. Yes, sir. And Crazy Charlie. What's up? We are now the monarchs of movies, the emperors of entertainment. Kings we of are the screen. The screen kings, and we got a real great show lined up for you today, including <clears throat> what's our favorite jokers throughout all media due to considering the new uh, Suicide Squad trailer just came out. And after that, we got what's next for the Call of Duty franchise since Black Ops 3, past, present, future, where do they have to go next? And then our favorite Oscar wins and uh, craziest snubs throughout the decades. But first, we got some news for you. Star Wars Episode Eight, which was set to open May 26, is now being pushed back to December 15th. Instead, the new Pirates of the Caribbean will be opening on that date. Disney says due to the huge success of a late December opening, they want to continue the trend in years to come. Bernard, your thoughts? I think it makes sense from a financial standpoint. I mean, uh, you know, that's like Christmas for every Star Wars fan. A new movie. True, true. I I thought it was fun to have it out on that part of the year. No, it's good to see all the merchandise out because, you know, this one, there was Star Wars everything, so it makes it really easy, I guess, for Yeah, Star shopping. Wars tangerines. Yeah, Insane. it really, uh, I guess it really helps the sales Cuties. everything. <laughs> what does this mean to you, Crazy Charlie? Uh, I don't give a F. I think uh, they can release it uh, anytime they want. They can release it on 9-11 and people... Well, I'm saying maybe what you fellas don't grasp is we're going to have to wait like another friggin' six months before we get I can to do see... That. I can do that. Well, I mean, people waited 30 years if you... You know, skip the uh, trilogy. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. You know, and also it gives that new guy, uh, what's the director's name? Fact checker Josiah down there, ladies and gentlemen. What's that director's name? Ryan Johnson bringing us, uh, from what I hear, maybe a Empire Strikes Back type, uh, ooh, ooh. you know, Star Wars. So, you know, it gives him some more time to prepare. And, you know, I feel the same way as you guys. You know, it really doesn't affect me. I mean, we get Rogue One at the end of next year. So, you know, one a year is good. You know, yeah, they're saying episode eight is going to be much darker than the uh, yeah episode seven. It's going to be interesting, but can't, uh, wait. can't wait. No doubt. But what, uh, what, what was the spread uh, for the original trilogy? The years. What like three? Yeah, like three years after. It was long. It was a long. Yeah, yeah, and we get one every year, so we can't be complaining, yeah, right, yeah, folks? I mean, yeah, can't. I know we could get on the internet and write a nasty little article to <laughs> Disney, and you know. Saying how we're going to kidnap that mouse. Yeah, show up your do ass, things Walt. To, yeah, yeah, screw Walt. But, it, you know, like I said, you know, it gives him more time to make a great film. And that's what we want, right? If it takes him another 20 years, at least just keep this trend going. Because I know not everybody liked the first one, but I thought it was pretty good. You know. But uh, anyways, in other news, we have the Suicide Squad trailer just came out fresh. And uh, I wanted you guys' thoughts on it. I'm sure you viewed it beforehand. Bernard? Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, it's one of the movies I'm looking forward to mostly of the year, right behind Batman vs. Superman. I thought it really looked good. I'm interested to see how this Joker is going to do. I mean, that's not yeah. not, a, not not just... Um, who's playing him? Leo? Uh, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. It's not just him. It's just the whole you know, psycho gangster. I don't, yeah. know, I don't even know what he's... You know? He's really like an amalgam of a lot of Jokers before him. He's just bringing it... And, that just that one flash where he's just like sitting in the middle of the floor and there's like a bunch of knives behind him and he's just doing that laugh and it just looks like he's killing it. It makes me super excited for the film. I know Crazy that. Charlie. <laughs> well, one more thing. All the oh, yeah, um, go ahead. all the the kids hitting puberty are gonna be excited to see uh, Harley Quinn. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that that makes you you know and and but the thing about her was in in the trailer she really wasn't doing a Boston type accent. Yeah. I thought. I mean, she did it for the whole Wolf of Wall Street, and that's really Harley Quinn's, like, trademark. And I, I thought I saw her doing a teaser. I might have been wrong, but it's just weird that they would, you know, recant that. Yeah, let's know. hope they let's hope they do do that. Yeah, that would be, you know, precisely what they need. And she can do it. She can do it. So she not? is talented. I mean, she doesn't need any talent. Let's be honest. Yeah. But the fact that she's talented <laughs> on top of being, you know, gorgeous beyond anything I can All comprehend. Right. All right. Looks like they're bringing a kind of like the old school uh, DC back, like a little more cartoony, a little more uh, you know oriented um, for the '90s, like the way those movies were set up. It just 
It looks a little more cartoony, not as serious. You think maybe. it's more campy than uh, maybe? I don't know if that's good or bad for the for the audience these days, but you know, that's yeah, what well, I see. Well, it's probably going to be a lot like the new uh, Deadpool coming out. You know, it's probably going to have a I th- I good hope, comparison. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go freaking you know Batman and Robin or Batman Forever. But, you know, I don't think they're going to go, you know, hardcore blade cutting everybody <laughs> apart. I think they're going to find a good, a good meaty center there, you know, a good, a good balance between both. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, you know, it might come out and it might be garbage, you know. Killer Croc looks cool, you know, and it's cool that they're, they're, they're going there, you know. <laughs> it's no more Chris Nolan super realistic. They got a freaking human crocodile coming th- in this movie. Yeah, this is going to be his uh, movie debut, wasn't it? His live action movie debut? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I've, I've only seen him in cartoons in the comics before this, so. The human croc? Yeah. Oh, Killer Croc, yeah. He's he's in there, and they had Slipknot with Power Technics. I'm a big DC fan. I've never heard of this guy. I study, I study the art, but, you know, it just it seems like. If I had, you know, I don't know this, so there's no spoilers. I'm thinking he's going to be a character that's killed off pretty quick. He's just a throwaway. Because if I don't know him, you know, and I know a lot of fans out there didn't know him, you know, he's probably going to be a throwaway character. But the trailer, how they had, uh, what was it, uh, Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody Queen in the background. Right. It just, it was a really beautiful trailer. You know, just everything about it, you know, it flowed really well, in my opinion. I know some people like the, the, the teaser better, I guess, or whatever it was, but, you know, I just I don't see it. I think this trailer had a lot going for Who's it. going to be the antagonist in the movie? I mean, I'm assuming the villains are the protagonists. Who's the... Well, if I had to make a guess and knowing nothing, you know, it'd probably be... Um, maybe themselves, like amongst themselves, maybe? Well, they got Amanda Waller. She's the one who runs the Suicide Squad. You know, they're basically an expendable group that she puts together... To you know, and you know, if one of them dies, you know they're villains. She doesn't care. They're just soldiers. And if they do what she says, you know, they get early, you know, release or, or you know, some kind of type of freedom. So she'll probably be the main antagonist, getting them to go on some kind of crazy mission. A lot of people think it's to capture the Joker, since he's not really part of the Suicide Squad, but for some reason he's in the movie. So that's what a lot of people uh, theorize. But uh, any other thoughts on this trailer, uh, fellas? Um, no, you mentioned Deadpool. There's a petition going around that they want to change uh, to a PG-13 version of it. Do you agree with that? Do That's you know insane. Deadpool. That's insane. Don't we have enough? I mean, what? I saw a meme. You know, what are the Avengers for? Deadpool. This is this is for the fans that you know have been reading comics their whole life since they were little kids, and they still enjoy them as adults, and they want to enjoy the films as adults. Yeah, I was reading some eight-year-old. Uh, kid started a petition for a PG-13 version, but I mean that's not Deadpool. so he can't see it, you know. That's I not mean, that's not who he is. I mean he can wait, you know. We we need these movies to keep kicking, you know. You know, start bringing them out like they're doing with these last couple releases with the new, yeah. you know, Suicide Squad and Deadpool because we've had all that stuff before. Back to the Chris Reeves Batman or uh, Superman, my bad. And you know they they've all been you know pretty campy up until now. Now we want to see somebody. A superhero just cut somebody's head off. Yeah. Besides Blade. Blade was bad. But, you know, I mean, most people don't even know Blade was a superhero. This is real deal. We're getting it full on now, whoa, folks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a lot of Blade fans out there, Tom. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying a lot of people don't know that Blade's even a comic book hero. A lot of people you tell that to, are like, what? what? You know, but, yeah. Wesley but Snipes. This is, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is out there. Yeah, they don't, they know who Wesley Snipes is. But, but uh, yeah, other than that, uh, anything else, fellas? Well, we will move right along. Uh, in other news, Terminator gets kicked off Paramount's schedule and replaced by the new Zac Efron Baywatch movie. I mean, can this uh, can this franchise uh, get its head above water? You know, pun there, pun there. <laughs> Baywatch. I, Come on, I could anybody? Care. No. Okay, fine. Yeah. I could care less about away. Terminator. I know a lot of a lot of people love it. I'm not a fan of the series. It, from what I heard, it was supposed to be getting a second release because it did, you know, well overseas. You know, a lot of chi- I think it did good in the Chinese market and a couple others, but it, it got shredded here at home. So I don't know. I mean, like they said, indefinitely being moved back. They didn't give a. I don't think they gave a date when it, when it's supposed to be coming up. But you get replaced with the Baywatch film. You're 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 a Terminator. You're you're one of the biggest franchises in the world, and you're getting kicked off for the bait. I mean, that's gotta hurt. One of the biggest franchises in the world for one movie. 
What is oh, it? Yeah. It goes to what? Terminator 1, you know, who Look, gives a f? Right. Terminator 3, who the hell cares? I know, I know. It's, and then Terminator 4, yeah, what was you, that one? But, then, but let's then agree. Terminator 2. Tom. Let's agree that Terminator 2 is one of the best movies of all time. And then there's Terminator 2, Judgment Day. That is Amazing film. That is Terminator. Everywhere you go. Nothing else matters at this point. But, you know, it, it has so much potential, but they just keep botching it. You know, I have a. I have a buddy at work from Bosnia, and they, him and his buddies love that movie. He'd come up to me, and you know, he said, you know, I'd ask him what his favorite movie was. He's like, you know, back in Bosnia, I really like uh, the second Terminator movie. <laughs> it was really good. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's good. He's like, yes, the, the third one, no, he, it was bullshit. It was. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I hear you. I very, hear you. very bad. Yeah, but you know. It's just sad, you know. It's it's just like you know, seeing a buddy that's just getting too old and he can't get back in the ring, and he keeps trying, but he just keeps getting knocked down, and it's a sad thing. But uh, it all revolves around Schwarzenegger, really, too. I mean, yeah, the prime of his time. That's gonna be. It was just a great script as well, right? With a great villain. Just everything about that movie was great. It was, it was, you know, and he just had such a look in that yeah, second. We can one, go you know? We can go on a all day script about how great that movie was yeah the, the second one it. nobody nobody dismisses that when robert, he comes in robert patrick correct yeah yeah i mean that that guy's badass he might be head over shoulders you know best villain of all time he well i wouldn't say that but he really did pull off that part really well and he did make a pretty menacing villain you know and that scene where uh he's like taking the body of his mother and, oh, uh, you like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just see her throw her arm over and looks over and a freaking blades through the dad's head. That was an <laughs> awesome scene. You know, but uh, did, have y'all seen the newest Terminator Genesis, Genesis, whatever you want to call With it? With Amelia Clark, right? Yeah. Yeah, old uh, Game of Thrones lady. No, I, I skipped out on that one. <laughs> and I, I understand that. My dad is a huge Terminator fan. And, you know, he wanted to watch it with somebody. And I watched it with him. And he, he didn't think it was the best, but... I will say it was built for Terminator fans. It was made, it was like how they did The Force Awakens, but a little more poorly executed. There was a lot of freaking, they were going all over the place with this time travel thing, and it got confusing, and then it didn't make sense at points, but it was, you know, it had, you know, the T-1000, and it had Arnie come back, and it had old Arnie come back, had three Arnies in this movie at least, you know. (laughs) You know, but it was made for the fans. Just, you know, not... Very well executed. James Cameron apparently loved it. You oh, know, he? he was singing the praises of this movie of before it came out. Of but course I, he does. He's going to continue to you know embrace yeah. and encourage these horrible movies yeah, so I, his movie can be the best. Because he gets back to the rights not too long from now, right? Yeah, it ain't too long. He'll, he'll get back the rights, so maybe he just wants to keep blood in the franchise. Maybe. So the dog that he's nursing back to health won't be as wounded. It won't have all its legs cut off. Maybe just one. He's got Avatar. <laughs> he's got Avatar to worry about, though. Right. He's worrying about Avatar now, but he'll yeah. be back for his franchise. Mark my words. But uh, I think uh, that's all we got for that, right? You all ready to move on? Yeah. Just uh, let me cut this part out. I don't know. It's kind of sexy. Maybe you should leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, late night hour with Big Tom. Yeah. Well, our first big uh, discussion of the night is Favorite Joker. Now, this could be uh, your Joker from the movies, the Heath Ledger, the video games or the comics, TV shows. Just which one hits you the best and you think did the the most justice to the character? Because let's talk, this is one of the most popular characters in pop culture. But who do you think did him the best? Who sculpted that out the best? Charles, you want to start us yeah, off? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go first this time. Uh, I'm going to pick Jack. Jack Nicholson. The Ripper Nicholson. Excellent. Excellent choice. And uh, we, we were talking about this uh, this kind of thing with the 90s. You know, it's kind of a you know a campy feel. It was 80s. And, and a twist, you know. Late 80s. Late 80s, yeah. Well, well I was just uh, referencing the... Okay, the, what uh, they were going What they were going. That, to, that era and how the acting was back then. He's my favorite character just because he's Jack Nicholson as well. I mean, I'm yeah, kind of biased. He really he that sold guy. it. He wasn't like... You know, he got paid a lot for this role, but he wasn't like Marlon Brando and as Jarrell. He's right. he, you know, worked for his money. And when you go with the Joker, what do you go with? You go with that that smile. That smile, yeah. You go with that Grinchy smile and that, and that dude, demeanor. That dude's yeah. smile is so fiendishly creepy. He didn't even need the prosthetics. 
He really didn't. You could have. That was him, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That was him with a little bit of makeup. <laughs> yeah, and just the zany, the add-ins that he did. You know, like yeah. this town needs an enema. It was all great. It really was, and it's, it really spoke of the character. I'm not going to say that Heath Ledger, for the ones who are out there, are going to say that <laughs> one was crazy, but this Joker, he wasn't quite as crazy. Yeah, he was more he had a mob more of a head boss on him, than psychopath. Yeah. He wanted the money. He wanted everything. Yeah, he wanted you know the power versus yeah. you know a dog chasing a car. Right. You know, but uh, I do love I, this Joker has a a special place in my heart. I, I'm almost certain it's the first one I ever saw. When I saw that movie when I was a kid, I was just in love with it, and just that performance did it. You know, just when he's giggling when he's taking the bandages off his face and he, he breaks the mirror, it's just brilliant. Yeah. All of it's brilliant. And it's tough to kind of watch uh, the new ones and kind of go back to that if you, you know, hadn't seen that film with Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson before. Uh, you know, if you watch The Dark Knight and then watch this one, it's going to be tough right? for a lot of fans to go back and choose Jack Nicholson as a Right, you're saying, you know, he did it first, and, you know, he had a lot, you know, to set the, the foundation for. Yes. And a lot of people still to this day yes. draw from that performance. And that's the way you got to look at it. you got to look at it chronologically. I agree. I agree. I mean, if you go way back to Cesar Romero, I mean, who just, he didn't even shave his mustache for the part. You know, you have nothing between that time span. He was the first one who brought it. And there's, I don't think there's any like real, there's character, you know, caricatures of Joker beforehand, but this one was the one that set it off. And I, I agree. Bernard, you know anything about this Joker? I know his Joker can't. (laughs) <laughs> lace the boots of Heath Ledger's Joker. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Chaz, have you seen The Dark Knight? Have you have you have you even watched the film? Of course. And you're telling me my favorite series, Batman's. I want to say that I do like these. The Nolan, the Nolan's. fantastic. And you're telling me that Jack Nicholson, great actor, his Joker was better than Heath Ledger's. If we're talking about what's closer to the core content, you know what what the uh, you know what this character is. No, 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 no. In the comics, whatever it is, Joker is not a you know a money loving mobster. He is a mad dog chasing a car. He does. He's all about the anarchy. Well, he played that part, and I I you know in, in playing devil's advocate, arguing against Heath Ledger's Joker. I don't see how you can. How can can anyone argue? But you know, when you got that scene where he's like, "You want me to chop you up and feed you to your pooches?" That sounds like a whole lot like a mob boss to me. I put him in a lot of the same category, and I think that that Ledger brought it a little more. You know, he he amped up that side with you know giving Foss you know origin stories, a bunch of his victims. He did kick it up a notch, but uh, look, Heath Ledger. And a lot of people's opinion gave one of the best acting performances, no doubt, ever. You know, no doubt. And who's to say if if you know if Heath Ledger doesn't doesn't die that the whole uh, you know trilogy is based on the Joker? You know, it was that good they could have carried it through there. And I'm sure they would have. And I know it damaged the franchise when he died. His performance. I mean, most people think that is what killed him. You know, he got he got too deep into that character into that psychosis. When you read about how much of the stuff he did was was ad libbed or was, was improv, and it's just amazing how it came out. It was. It was brilliant. Charles, what do you think about the Heath Ledger Joker? I'm not gonna, for the sake of this cast, I'm gonna argue it. But for the sake of the cast, folks, he he did a great job, and uh, you know the the man. He really liked being on camera. You can just see it the way he acted. He I mean, owned every bit of that yeah, space. I mean, when he st- it's just like the little things. When he sticks his head out the window as, as you know, they're going down the highway. Oh, isn't that brilliant? You like yeah. that when he's just like a dog. Just he's got the fresh make. He's got the fresh makeup on. He's just loving life. Definitely, I, I like. Uh, like he know. genuinely looks and acts insane. Right. He he does have a lot of the elements. I mean, I'd say he's like. 99% there, but I'm going to tell you, both of you guys, that the number one best portrayal of the Joker dum, dum, dum. was in the game Arkham Origins. Not, I'm, Asylum, City, uh, was great, and I know, a lot, I know I'm going to be crucified for this one, but if you go back to the Arkham Origins, and I don't think either one of you fellas have played this, so I'll probably be running solo on yeah, this one. Give it to us, Tom. But 
it's you know when he's starting out and you know he's he's punking Batman. Batman's like, who is this creature? He's in a bake heist. He goes in. There's bodies everywhere that he's just played with and mutilated, and he's just so sadistic. And you know the character design. You know you got to give it to these guys. They made how he looks perfect. Just his skin, just how it's it's not porcelain, but it's not skin. It's a mixture in between in his eyes. Just his pupils just scream rage and madness. And even though you know that he, you know, outwardly is a clown on the inside, he's just screaming in madness. And just there's parts where you get to play as his origin, and it's all brilliant. And uh, the best part is when he comes in contact with Bane. Also, the best Bane ever ever been portrayed either. And Bane aims, spoilers, Bane, you know, is aiming at this guy to kill him with a rocket launcher. And he, the Joker sees the rocket coming at him to blow him into pieces, and he just holds his arms out. He's like, if this is it, I've had my fun. I've done what I wanted to do. I showed these people what I think it means to, you know, to live on this planet, to be, you know... To, to not follow, you know, the day-to-day schedule. The, the Joker is madness incarnate. That's what he is, and that is what this Joker portrayed. He didn't care about anything but making a name, making, you know, you know, people understand, you know, what he is, you know, and what he's there for. And, again, spoilers, he gets knocked off that roof, and as he's plumbing to the ground, he, he's okay with it. He's okay with it. And, you know, like I said, he, he's done He's finished. It, he did what he wanted to do, but then the Batman, of course, as selfless as he is, comes out of nowhere and saves him. And this baffles him to such a degree. He, he, he can't fathom, you know, all the things that he's done just in the, in the few short days that he's been active in Gotham. Why would this... Why would anybody, anybody, no matter how selfless, save him? And you can just see, you know, in 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 his face, you know, the the bewilderment. Why would this character do this? And he tells Batman straight up, you know, he's got a gun to his head. He's like, "Why would you save me? Why would you do this?" And then he, in in Joker fashion, mows down two of his men right there. He said, "Those were bad guys," you know. We kill bad guys. Why would you save me? And, you know, it was the first time that you see Batman in doubt. <laughs> and it's hard for me to say this. It really is. I'm, I'm going to hold it together, folks. It just touched me in such a way, you know, <laughs> that this character... Take over for a second, but not... <laughs> Oh, oh man! Um, y'all right there, Tom? I'm gonna make it. <laughs> uh, Arkham Origins—that's the—that's um, the one that Mark Hamill set out, right? Yes, it was Troy Baker. And a lot of people, when they think animated Joker, they think Mark Hamill, which they should. I mean, do you obviously you love that Joker? Do you do you love the uh, voice acting as well? Oh yes, I mean he he nailed it, and I have more respect than anybody for Mark <laughs> Hamill and all the animated series, but. You know, a lot of people just want to maybe crap on Troy's Baker's performance because... Just because it's not Mark Hamill. Right, just because it's not Mark Hamill. That's the only, like, you know, who they get next for Han Solo. And excuse me for being so emotional (laughs) over this topic. I know it's insane to some to think. I'm sitting next to a (laughs) 300-pound man who... (laughs) Weeping about these fictional characters. It's baffling. I know, I know. I thought he was laughing. I looked to my left. His <laughs> eyes are red and there's something. I <laughs> but my point I was trying to make before I got emotional was. Well, that's how you know you're passionate about something. Right. You see that Batman doubts himself for a moment because this character. <laughs> <laughs> this strong-willed. Individual, in the first time in his life... Are you giving a eulogy, Tom? (laughs) ...is coming into contact with something, some vicious evil. And they they bring him back to Crime Alley, and he has a flashback because he's trying to remember why he does this. (laughs) 
He's trying not to let the Joker get to him. And you see that he genuinely did. And no other villain in history can do this. All right. I think we got it out. <laughs> oh, Charles. Charles saved me. Uh, this is too good. Oh, this is poetry. This, this is, is poetry. It's pod. It's pod. <laughs> I know, but. <laughs> and I knew I was going to break up on that part. I knew it. Because. <laughs> just together, go play it, folks. And if you don't cry, <laughs> then you, you, you're some kind of freakish alien or something. You, you don't have a heart. When you see Batman doubt himself and doubt what he's been doing. What he's been, you know, trying to accomplish, it's, it's just so powerful. Just go play the game, folks. <laughs> That's all we're asking. Just play the Let's damn just game. just play the game. <laughs> Should we move on? You know, I think it's best for everyone. <laughs> just give me that win, fellas. Just give me that win. <laughs> One point for Tom. All right. Let's Woo. see what we got next. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. If you can't tell... Uh, <laughs> Batman's affected many lives, but I don't know anybody more than uh, our friend Tom here. No doubt. Anyway, second topic. Charles, you'll like this one. What's next for Call of Duty? Ooh. Now, we've had, you know, we've had uh, World War II. We've had modern warfare. We've had, fu- you know, future tech. Where does it go after Black Ops 3? Now it's getting insane. Let's be honest. Now I'm here to tell you, folks, it's going to the revolution. Okay, so you think they're they're going think back. Assassin's Creed shooter game? How how awesome is that? Am I the only one excited for that? So you got your your musket, right? By the way, folks, this is not actually a game that's coming out. It's just a uh, this is your interpretation. Yes, of what You're I hope. Insane, hopes. hopes. <laughs> I can see where they would have, you know, a good concept for it. But as far as executing it, you know, how are they going to, you know, how, how how do they pull that off? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I feel like, like it would be hard to do because a lot of hardcore Call of Duty fans are, uh, what, well, they're running gun. They're, like, fast-paced, you know. Right. They can make it You work. more than anyone, Charles. I'm me? Not, me? Yeah. I'm definitely. not a fan of the futuristicness. I hope they go back to World War II or even the Revolution would be cool. It's just that, how would you make? How would you be original? You know, I mean, you could have different outfits and stuff, but I mean, you have a musket, a pistol, and a knife. I, I just don't see what else you could you could you do. You can't put a lot into it. They, they would have to work. completely redo their whole system. It would be tough. No, I hope no. you're. I hope you're right. You know, I'm not saying that. I just I don't see it happening. At least as far as like the online mode goes, it'd be a tough. It would be a tough one to pull off. Let's just agree on that, Charles. Yeah, but I'd be happy if they went to you know Vietnam or you know anything around the World War Two. That I just I'm so tired of these jetpacks and running off walls. Yeah, it's gotten really insane. No, I mean five I years approve. ago that idea sounded awesome. You know, and then with Titanfall and Call of Duty, it's just it's it's burning me out. You know? Yeah, I've heard a lot of maybe the younger kids, maybe like from you know, 14 to 18, maybe like that that stuff. But I, I know most of the, you know, hardcore fans are tired of this futuristic, you know, running on walls. And, yeah, it, it's a neat concept to do a couple times. But, you know, last couple games, Advanced Warfare and Black Ops 3 have both been futuristic. And I think they need to, you know, th- there's other timelines to explore. I mean, Bernard, is there any that come to mind for you? Timelines? Yeah, maybe any wars or... Like maybe Korea or, which well, is like, would be a hot topic right now. Right, like I mean, like I, like I just said, we're Vietnam. keeping politics I out. Don't here, I think folks. they've done Vietnam, have they? Or was that? Well, Black Ops One was Vietnam. Was wasn't it? it? Uh, I really don't know. I, I'm a fan of the. I know they've done it. It's been done a thousand times. I'm a fan of the World War Two era. I know. I mean, a lot Who of people it? are calling for that. A lot of people are calling for World War Two. That's just one of the most interesting times in history, and there's a lot of different variations on weapons, and just a lot you can do. They could do World War Two again. There's so many different, you know, battles, so many different time frames in that war. They could do it again, I mean, and just pick pick and choose your battles. You know, I, they left some, ba- what was it, the, the Battle of uh, Tursk? One of the biggest tank battles, I believe, ever. That that wasn't part of it. That would be cool to reenact. 
Yeah, I mean, eventually they got to run out, right? I mean, they're going to do them all eventually. I mean, they got one of these games coming out every year. I mean, there's only so many timelines you can pull yeah, from. Going back to my thought, let's let's think about this. Okay, think, okay, let's think, go back to not the Civil War, have an which open would be a, mind. a good idea. Revolutionary War. Open up your lungs. You're, you're just. I mean, but vapor. how would you customize the weapons? I mean, it would be very, you know, it'd be very limited in the, to what a lot of people to like. To keep it realistic, yeah, I don't see it. And, uh, like, would you just line up with all your other buddies and just march towards each other, one of y'all playing the drums, and then one of you gets okay. freaking gentlemen, gentlemen. blasted <laughs> in pieces with a musket? I just, I don't yeah, see it, it comes, it comes with the uh, rock band uh, yeah. drum set. Yeah. It's not going to... They can make it work. They they always make these things work. What do you think that you can reload uh, uh, an M sixteen at the rate to reload those things? Come on, they, right, they, right. But it's a little bit closer. You know, you get shot in a musket and uh, your character dies from gangrene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, not, not what you think. Think Turok. Think Turok. So many weapons this guy has. He's right. He's an Indian. Think think the frontier. Okay, uh, cowboys versus Indians kind of thing. Yeah, I will tell you this, Charles. Uh, I do think. If they really, really put everything into it, they could do it well. Which and I could. would prefer to even see a bad version of this than another, you know, futuristic space one. Me you too. Know, I would take the revolutionary musket, you know, uh, Gatlin gun type, you know, war Let's, over the, another the, one. Put it this way, though. They're going to be rogue warriors. They're not going to be, you know, guys in red suits. You know, it's going to be the Patriot kind of battles it's, here. It's just... With Call of Duty being such a cash cow, I think they're going to put out what works, what they know every 13-year-old in America is going to want for Christmas, and they're going to get. So I, I've i never thought that Call of Duty has taken enough time or put enough effort in there. You know, they always, they're always they just going to push whatever they can out. Yeah, but Assassin's Creed, the, you could argue that that was not geared at all towards younger Well, no, one, no one's debating for Assassin's Creed. We're talking about Call of Duty. Call of Duty, Charles. Focus. I, I'm just saying, a really, really big franchise, Assassin's Creed. They could easily, you know, trade their their mindset on a Call of Duty. Well, I got an interesting for you. I think maybe they should go to like the '90s, like Desert Storm, like Gulf War stuff. They've been there, and, and you could. Well, I mean, not recently. In what game? Um, Desert. Was, uh, I know there was a Desert Storm game. I don't remember there being a Call of Duty. It was the one after Modern Warfare, or I'm sorry. Black Ops 2. Black Ops 2. What was it after Black Ops 2? Warfare 3? Or no? Black Ops 2 was in the 80s, sir. The one after that. If they, I'm the just saying if they, if they did, if they went to another Black Ops game, which we all love more than any other of the, you know, I like it more than Modern Warfare or any of the other ones. They did another Black Ops. They could do a prequel or, you know, or something like that. And they, they bring the characters back in the 90s. And, you know, you go and Fidel Castro would still be around. You know, him and Mason know each other. I forget what what game it is, but they have done that. I just, it's... I thought it was cool how, you know, uh, JFK, you know, how how you got to, you could be part of a, you know, uh, maybe a Clinton regime. Like, you could could play as Monica Lewinsky and go into Clinton's (laughs) office and blow him. You know, press X to insert cigar here. You know, I think... You know, before they did any other ones, I think I think they could get away with doing something like that. You know, press X to avoid impeachment. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. That would that would be awesome. We we can at least agree on that. You know that, or I you know go towards more civil war. But you know, other than that, like I said, they're they're running out of uh, of topics. Agreed. It, it's it's making a little money, but they do need to they do need to change quickly. All right, next. Ne- uh, oh, I got caught up there. <laughs> are, you, are you past the? Uh, it's tough. Are you past the? Mostly. The moment there. I know. <laughs> Baffling. I know. <laughs> I felt like Kevin Smith. Yeah. He always balls on his podcast like a big baby, and it just makes me crack up so much every time. It's like what a. F- <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I love him. But all right, all right, all right. Next, folks, we're gonna talk about. Oscars, our favorite wins, and maybe some snubs. And I think Bernard's got a game he wants to play. Is that right, Bernard? Yeah, just I'm reading over the the list, and there's a couple of like when you when when you look at the movie list, and it, like wow, that did not win an Oscar. And then you look at the year, and like oh well, yeah. there you go. Since we're young yeah. kids and we weren't around when most of these movies were made, you know, it's just fun to you know go back these legendary movies we thought for sure won that year. You know, I understand, but. Uh, 
Any in particular, Bernard? Yeah, I mean, you were talking earlier, so I'll give the first one to Chaz. All right. Okay. Chaz, the year 1994. Forrest Gump. Well, oh, duh. The, the Tom Hanks, of course. We knew that one, Bernard. Give <laughs> something a little no, more no, juicy. Hold on. I was just going to say. Shawshank Redemption was out that year. I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he got sir. beat. Yeah, it's just you're talking to some film fans here. It's crazy to know that you look at the non-winners, Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption in the same year. Those two were in the same year. I mean, you know, any of those three movies out, you know, any other years, if I may, they would have got it. Shawshank didn't even break the budget. They did not make the money back. I believe they didn't. They didn't break uh, even. You can Google it, but uh, I don't know, Charles. It took that film a while to get going. A while. Just to let you guys know, and now I know Tom Hanks passed up that part to play in the show. Correct, and so did another one of our guys, Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah, he was going to play uh, Red, I believe. And another guy, Kevin Costner, was going to play, uh, I believe, Red too. Yeah, Those a, lot, two guys. a lot of people for both of them. Yeah, for know? Freeman, and then uh, I forget uh, Mr. Dufresne. Tom Cruise may have been in the mix. Thank I God, I think so. I think he so. Wasn't, uh, but yeah, it. It was a big year, you know, a lot of great movies out that year, and I personally liked Shawshank more than Forrest Gump. I would have liked, you know, but I understand why Forrest Gump won. It's, it's both of them are powerful it's, stories. Yeah, it's really an unbelievable film. It was, it still is. It just, it hits you. All right, Bernard, hit me with one. Hit me with a, with a spicy one. Do you want one? Hit me with a spicy one. Do you want one, one he says? <laughs> Do I want one? Yes. All right, Tom, the year is 1995. We're at the Oscars, and here are the nominees. Go ahead. We got Braveheart, starring Mel Gibson. We got Apollo 13, one of Chaz's favorites, right, Chaz? Yes. We got Babe, everyone's favorite. <laughs> Babe was great. <laughs> we can agree. And we got Sense and Sensibility, Tom. These are the nominees. Who gets Braveheart, the Braveheart, no doubt. No Mel, doubt about it. Mel killed it. He directed... Chaz, who who gets the Oscar in your opinion? Uh, you know what? I think I might have seen this before, and I think I actually know. I'm probably wrong, but I'm going to say Babe. Wrong. It was Mel Gibson. Babe. Ooh. It was Braveheart. I'm Screw certain of it. Go ahead Mel. and tell him how wrong he is. Yes, good. Hopefully yes. it's not Apollo 13, or I'm going to be embarrassed. <laughs> and the card. I know he won Best <laughs> Actor. And the Oscar goes to Braveheart Look for Best Joss. Film Look of 1995. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. What, what are your guys' opinions on Braveheart? I, w- I'm, I watched it. I remember I watched when I watched this because it was such a. I watched this on 12 21 12, folks. When oh, the, wow. the, the world was apparently in it, I said, Well, I got to get Braveheart in, right? I got to see that before I die, right? Freedom. <laughs> you know? But yeah, yeah, I liked it. It was uh, it's an interesting story about William Wallace. I hear the actual story is way far off, but you know, it was well done. And, uh, you know, Nobody does pain like Mel. Can we agree that on that? At he, least that fact. He is a very emotional actor. Very good actor. Bernard, you want to take us to another one? Yeah, let's let's go back a couple of years. Let's go to the 64th annual Oscars. Which year would that be? This would be 1991. Just Ooh. a few years prior. Okay. We have, we have some big titles on this one. We got Silence of the Lambs, one of the all-time greats. We got Beauty and the Beast, Disney version. Bugsy. JFK and the Prince of Tides. Now, there's only a, really a couple on here that I would guess. Tom, uh, which one are you going to choose? Well, there's no doubt it was Silence of the Lambs. I mean, that movie just killed it in every way, literally and figuratively. That is the only movie out of that list that has stood up. Now, it did it win? I do not know. That would be my guess. So, we're both unanimous on Silence of the Lambs. That is correct. Seth. The Oscar went to. Silence of the Lambs. Ah. I'm two for two, sugar. <laughs> yes. I think everyone would have chosen that. Everyone's seen that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Bernard, you got another one for us lined up? Yeah, let's go back to the year prior. All right. 90. 1990. We have... Goodfellas. Well, Goodfellas is on there, yes. We also have uh, Patrick Swayze in Ghost. We have The Godfather Part 3. And we have Dances with Wolves with Kevin Costner. Mm. F. You know, I thought it was... When I opened my big mouth and said, you know, Goodfellas, I thought that was it. But when you mentioned, you know, uh, Dances with Wolves, that's interesting. That's interesting. You know what? I'm going to bite the bullet and go against my gut and say Dances with Wolves. Yeah. No, no love for the Swayze? No. <laughs> toss no. up. It's a toss up. 
I could not see that film getting Best Picture. I mean, Swayze. I can't believe he got nominated. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Ghost. It's you know, well, that entire movie. The, those three, you know, act, actors. You know, who you, you got? You got Swayze, you got Whoopi, and you got Demi Moore. Right? Dude, at the end, when those, like, freaking ghost people came and dragged that dude away, that was horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Agreed? Yeah. yeah. It touched you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It did everything it's supposed to do, you know, a nominee is supposed to do. But I'm going to guess The Godfather Part Three. Mm. And the... The Oscar goes to Dances with Wolves. Oh, I'm three for three, Charles. You suck so hard, Charles. You know, <laughs> Shut you up, Tom. You went against your gut, like you said, that big old gut. Well, you know, I heard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just remembered somewhere in there that I thought Goodfellas won. I knew it, it came out that year, but, you know. Great I'm a, movie. I'm a film fan. I would say that that movie is the one that withstood time. Goodfellas. Am I right? Yeah, no I doubt. I mean, they show Ghost on, you know, AMC every now and then. <laughs> yeah, they give Ghost for and, you know, Patrick Swayze, he was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just and it was sad will. to see him go. It really was. You know, he's a great uh, fitness guy. But, you know, Kevin Cosner, he put everything he had into that movie. His performance, all the money he had. Had that movie flopped, we would never see him in another movie, which for, for a lot of people <laughs> would be a great thing. Yep. But I, I like him, you know. I'll give him his props. And, you know, he really brought it that year. Which, no by doubt. the way, Kevin Costner decided to go and shoot Waterworld instead of taking the role. Of Andy Dupreen. Baffling. That's another Isn't one. It? Are we going to name them all off tonight? Yeah. Freaking Tim Robbins was like, so uh, <laughs> how many people you go through for you got to me? You know, well, I mean, well, it's easier to say how many people we didn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I called some guy from a Hollywood uh, B movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, poor guy. But he, he killed it, but, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I wouldn't have it any different. Yep. Yeah, it's the moment. That's the only movie he needed. Yeah. All Truly. right, Bernard. You got another one lined up for us. Yeah, Give we'll, me a tough one this time. I'm three for three. Ooh, tough one. All right, all right. We'll all right, do 19. One more, one more, one more. We'll go to the the year before Y2K. We'll do 1999. Okay, okay. All right, we have some big titles here. We got The Sixth Sense. This is an easy one. I'm sorry, people, but we all know it. Go ahead, I'm Seth. I'm pretty sure. We got The Insider. <laughs> we got The Green Mile. The Cider House Rules and American Beauty. All good films. All good films. A, this is actually harder than I thought it was. Go I, ahead, Tom. Go ahead. Because I, I know this one, when, big boy. He, when he said, when he said, uh, Sixth Sense, I immediately went there. But then he said The Green Mile, and then he said American Beauty. A lot of good films that year. There's no doubt. I thought that was the year of freaking, you know, Batman and Robin and all that crap. <laughs> and Godzilla, the, you know. the. Oh, oh, oh. But, don't. Chaz is guilty pleasure, but nobody <laughs> else thinks so. Anyways, I'm going to go with against my gut. I would, I probably would have said American Beauty, but I'm going to go with the Sixth Sense. Well, Tom, you should have stood with the first one. No, no. Because that's the answer. <laughs> no. American Beauty. Chaz is on the board. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I, I, I like that film. It's a very weird film, but... F. You got Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Thing. I couldn't tell you how many times throughout my life he's trumped you me. Know the, and this the, is another the one. The Academy loves that guy. Jesus. Man, they love him. He does something right. He is talented. Yeah. He is talented. Lex Luthor side, he's talented. <laughs> All right, Bernard. You want to wrap it up with one a little more recent? And then... Uh... I mean, like I said... Let's see. Let's see if I can get on a, a streak here. We can, you know, kind of push it to a game seven. Let's... Go back. Go back. Go, go back. All right, let's go to the year 1975. Is that what y'all want? Cool. That's good enough. Let's do it. 1975. All right. The nominees are, well, we got Jaws first off, right? Okay. Mm. We got Jaws. We got Nashville. Dog Day Afternoon. Uh-huh. Barry Lyndon. And everyone's favorite, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, mm. one of my favorite movies of all time. It's always been in my top five for sure. Jaws too, though. I'm going to give it to Jaws. Charles, let's see uh See what you can do. I'm going to go Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. Bernard, <laughs> the results? Looks like old Chaz is making a run. Wow, no way. I thought for sure. I no. thought that was Spielberg's first Oscar Cuckoo, or whatever. Cuckoo's Nest took it over Jaws. Well, you know, I'm happy. I actually probably would prefer that because I love uh, that movie. The score won awards, I know, Tom, for sure. Right, of course. I mean, John Williams, I think right? some more stuff, too. Yeah. I just can't remember all the awards. One flew, you know, the whole thing with, with the fact that Chief is so much bigger oh, yeah. 
physically, but he always tells him, he's like, you're bigger than me. Yeah. It was so, it, it had a lot going on. I'm not going to cry over it like Batman. I love the, uh, I, I love the scene that when they're in the, uh, the lobby in the nurse, the nursery and they're watching, uh, the fake Dodgers game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That, that scene. Oh, baby. You know, that, where he, that really gets me going. That's emotionally. Yeah. I, where I, he's I just telling this nurse, you're not going to get to me. No matter how much you try to throw your authority around, I am in charge in here, not you. Yes. It's got a lot to say. That's such a, a sad ending. Oh, no, it's I got know. such a tragic ending, but so, so right. You know, and, and you go out of that movie and you just feel like death, but you know, you just, you understand you know, and you appreciate why it had to go in that direction. <laughs> the famous Dr. Steinman. <laughs> <laughs> the famous, you know, he yeah. makes sure to... This <laughs> is Dr. Williams, Dr. Uh, the, the famous Dr. Steinler. Dr. Charlie Cheswick. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's go back three years to 2009. Okie dokie. Okay. Well, three years from the... Yeah, you're just all right, four years. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, 2009. Wow. 2009. Okay. All right. All right, Tom. Let's do it. We got Up, your personal favorite. Everybody knows this. We have Up. We have Up in the Air, Inglorious Bastards. We got A Serious Man. We have Precious, based on the novel Push. <sighs> we have An Education, The Blonde Side, District 9. The Hurt Locker, and the the Elephant in the Room, Avatar. You're killing me, but you're room. killing me. Go ahead, Tom. I think I know this one. Let's go with Up, F. Ooh. Sticking with the hometown team. Okay, Chad. I'm going with The Hurt Locker. F. And it's three up with The Hurt Locker. Oh, boy. <laughs> This is the sound of me getting excited. All right, should we uh, chill out? Do Charles. one final question for winner takes all. Cool as you think you are. Yeah, tiebreaker. Let's go to 2007. All right, 2007. Okay. All right. We have there will be blood. Michael Clayton, Juno, everyone's favorite. Atonement and No Country for Old Men. Ooh. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Charles, I'm gonna let you go first. Best picture okay. of the year 2000 for all the marbles. There will be blood. I know, Mr. Lewis won. I do not know if it also won. Best, Best picture. picture. I do not. Uh, read them one more time, Seth, please. There will be blood. Michael Clayton, Juno, Atonement, and No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men. Mr. Tom? Unfortunately, fighting brevity in this certain situation, I'm going to go with the Coens also and say No Country for Old Men. I'm almost certain of it. <laughs> well, it looks like we're going to round three. It is No Country for Old Men. All right, we're going to the Millennium 2000. All right, we got the nominees. Aaron Brockovich. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Traffic, Chocolate, and Gladiator. There's very few of these movies I like. Mm. My vote is in. Go ahead, Tom. And what is Gladiator? Charles? I also picked that. Oh, F. We're <laughs> never going to end this thing. Okay. All right. We'll do one more win, loser, draw, 1992. Let's do it. All right. We have Unforgiven, The Crying Game, A Few Good Men, Howard's End, and Scent of a Woman. Win, lose, or draw. My vote is in. So is mine. I don't know. I do not think it's right, but. We both think <laughs> Apparently, we both had on a few good men again. I almost went a scent of a woman, which I think should have won. So Tom picks a few good men. I pick scent of a woman. Chaz, I know you're trying to... Oh, wait. I know you guys are trying to 
you know, snake each other, but you're both wrong. It was unforgiven. Oh. <laughs> we suck. Yeah. yeah, we're just going to call this one a draw. We don't want to keep All right. everyone. For the sake of brevity, folks. <laughs> but this will be settled in time. As he's carrying him to his grave. What did he say? What did Yoda say? He got on Luke's lightsaber. (laughs) (laughs) Tom's been up for nearly 24 hours. He's a little giggly. I've been up a long time, folks. (laughs) Um. Yoda from where solicits uh, final Luke. Words, <laughs> final words of Yoda. You already. He's on his deathbed. He's like, it's been like six hundred years, dude. Before I go, just, <laughs> just, just touch it. <laughs> <laughs> what a solemn send off for giving Yoda in this pot. <laughs> This is green penis. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like okay, master. <laughs> I guess we can always we'll say, cut it there. Uh, say, <laughs> say cut it together. The print. <laughs> Come on, that was gold. Just I admit it. <laughs> I mean, do you all want to pick up next week? I mean, <laughs> we got gold here. We got gold. That's gold. Anybody that hears that is gonna laugh. Uh, Why don't we just cut this?